Welcome, everybody, to an episode of Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maj, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And today, we are covering, finally, Stormlight Archive. Well, Way of Kings, chapter 18 through 23. Oh, yeah. And um, this, especially chapter 18, that's a thick boy chapter, man. Like I agree. There, there was a one chapter in there that was like a couple pages, two or three pages, which I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they like kind of it's like a little palate cleanser before you're like oh th- uh because it, it's like a very pound for pound those those chapters are really good and for those of you who don't know what pound for pound means in the uh, martial arts community like mma and boxing and whatnot <laughs> uh they will use pound for pound as a way of saying well obviously floyd mayweather is not going to beat mike tyson in a boxing match but pound for pound who is a more skilled fighter you know so right uh when i when so when i'm referring to like these small chapters i would say they're page for page <laughs> um more stronger patch, uh chapters because they like really drive the story forward by mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. sometimes i've noticed uh authors will do this where they'll take a particular character that hasn't been touched on in a while and then they'll use like these three page chapters to like kind of catch quickly catch that character up uh, mm-hmm. for the audience to like right. figure out what he's doing at the moment while you know he hasn't been seen in a while but anyways <laughs> um if, in terms of like super you know epic fantasies um mm-hmm. uh, large chapters is kind of par for the course like if you don't like long chapters and that's gonna be a deal breaker for you epic fantasies i think are just not for you because these long, long chapters are part of the genre. Um, Absolutely. Like, I'm not saying that I, I feel like it might be possible to write an epic fantasy without these long chapters, mm-hmm. but I've never seen it done before. And as I say that, I understand that I haven't read as many books as some of you out there, but I just, <laughs> I, I don't, I just don't see it happening because epic fantasy involves you know, a lot of world building, a lot of characters, a lot of plot lines, all this stuff. So there's a lot of content to get through. And I just feel like it, when you constantly break the rhythm of a chapter by starting a new chapter, just for the sake of trying to keep it, you know, chapter short. Right. It, I, I just don't, I feel like it would compromise on the quality of a, of a fantasy by not allowing long chapters at all. Um, and that's they used. I mean, really, ultimately, they they used the long chapters to build the scene yeah. for future. Because yeah. if you don't know yeah. some of these ins and out details that they have to give you in a certain way, mm-hmm. without giving it away, yep. giving the rest of the book away. And I, I think more to your point, they use they don't actually have uh, for the most part from what I've seen um battle scenes or action scenes in these long chapters now i know that sounds like not great but if you actually read a lot of these like long drawn out action battle scenes you you as the audience especially unless you're reading a you know like game of thrones where you don't know if a character might die you kind of get bored with it so there's plot armor you know there's plot armor you're the reader yeah so when these you have these long drawn up battles especially on paper they're kind of cool for a second but then it's like okay i I know the main character's not dying so can we just get skip to the part where you know we get to the major plot turning event um but anyways (sighs) chapter 18 did you read the epigraph and did i mean i'm sure you picked up on it Yes, yes. Right. A.T. was AT. once a kind and generous man, and you saw what became of him. Yes. Racy, on the other hand, was among the most loathsome, crafty, and dangerous individuals I've ever met. Racy as the Racium? No, that's Laracium, L- right? Okay, well, it's Racy, but Laracium. I'm not... I don't know if I... You don't have to be sold in that. I don't. I don't care. I don't have to fight you on that one. That that one's my. Stretch. I don't know. I feel like we should fight. No, no, no. Uh, but at I mean, okay. So th- what? What do you think? I'm gonna get your. I wanna get your opinion. Um. Okay. So to my understanding, and I don't remember where we came across this earlier, but didn't they say that the shark, like Adonalcium, I think. I don't know. Like, 
like I'm trying to piece together what Sezed found in the epigraphs in Hero of Ages. He said that there's some ancient thing called Adonalsium, right? Um, well, we know that because the original shard, right? So if Adonalsium was the original one single god, and then he was shattered into several shards, um. And we know AT is ATM, which is ruin from right. Um Well, and then here's the thing is, so this means this book is definitely before Mistborn. Or this epigraph is for sure before Mistborn, but not necessarily this book. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're probably right on that one. And I would like to add, though, um, if it is true that they split and this was an epigraph of some unknown nature... Would that mean, and I'm just saying that just to, just to put a bug in your ear, would that mean that if a Mistborn burned all of these god medals, that it would create a different effect? I'd, I would have to, I think, right? But would, um, they, would it be an effect, or would it be null and void? No, it would have to be, I think, because uh, the god medals are, you can burn them, right? Like ATM, and then... Whatever the one is, her harmonium, harmonium, uh, which is which is um L. What is not that? Um, et metal, et metal. I'm pretty sure it's harmonium. Yeah, and then if you look at like Laracium, that just gives you the power of Mistborn, right? Right. Um. So you could, yeah, you could have to ingest laser Laracium first, though, or is it an, an inherent ability that Laracium just unlocks? I think Laracium unlocks the ability to burn. The Mistborn Metals. But yeah, that's actually a good point, right? Because if Laracium gives you the uh, ability to burn, to become like a, you know, Mistborn, do you need to be a Mistborn to burn these other God Metals, right? Because they're like a class of its own. Maybe. I mean, we don't know because obviously... I mean, we, I feel like gonna... the answer is obviously yes, but like, I don't know. There has to be a downside. Like, what if you, what if it's like the... What if it's like the Thanos Infinity Gauntlet, where if you burn all the metals at once, you become God? It would have to be temporarily, right? Yeah, obviously. You'd get a little little piece of perfect intelligence, and then you'd create, and then go back to nothingness. <laughs> or you'd go back to... I was the man for like five <laughs> minutes, all right? Put some respect on my name. Yeah, he's in some lonesome bar yeah. talking to some like, weird you lady. You have no idea what I've been through, lady. Um... But anyways, back to the actual epigraph. Um, who do you think race is? It, that means race is a god. He's a shard of some world. I mean. And if he is, of which world? And I'm guessing if AT was already a guy, a kind person, but then he became ruined. So that means a ruined part kind of infected him, right? Like It could have. And then, so for... Going off that, Raze um, is one of the most dangerous, loathsome, crafty people. Then I guess it doesn't really matter if he was what what kind of personality he had before he ascended, right? It Whatever shard he took, he's going to take on that personality for the most part. Okay, so does that mean that maybe... Racy, maybe. There are no wrong answers. So you're. <laughs> well, and that's the problem. I mean, he's. I think he's of this world. Okay. I think. I think he might be a god of this world. Maybe he's talking about at. I don't know. But yeah, I think I think he has to do with this world because one of them has to do with the world. Because why would they? Know, is there a reason for that? What is there a reason that it has to be one of the associated with this world? I mean, I just seem like they wouldn't they wouldn't really say much about it in a, a decently important epigraph if they're talking about just ATM and maybe Laracium from another world. I don't know. I just feel like. There's more importance to it than we're more importance to this world than we're giving it. 
Yeah, I mean... Unless you're privy to something that I'm not. No, I mean... I don't know about for giving more importance, I guess, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's... Uh, there's no guarantee that both of these... I mean, AT for sure is Mistborn, or what's up? What was the name of the planet again? Um, Gadriel. Gadriel, yeah. But anyways, um, moving forward, uh, as far as the main plotline goes, Adeline is talking to some other workers who confirmed that the leather was cut. However, they said that the cut have been, could have been from the saddle itself, and it just mm-hmm. known to happen. And um, so Dalinar investigates further and i think he comes to the uh you know conclusion that the strap was cut but it was not foul play um okay so what do you think about this part i think it's a diversion to run them off course from the true the true thing that really happened that day there's something that happened that day that that we're we're forgetting or they're ignoring or something something happened but so you think it has nothing to do with this, uh, the strap at all? I think it has, the strap is just a diversion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I I actually had something similar, not necessarily the strap, but the diversion, but like that they're, the person that they're interviewing, the, the, the leather workers, what if they're corrupt, right? That could be very well true, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And but the problem is, is that don't they? It's like for some reason, why do I think Dalinar and Sadius are at each other? You feel that way? I, again, like I. It is a weird situation where they do respect each other, and I do believe, as maybe um, naive as Dalinar is being, or I guess naive is not necessarily the right word, but it's like I don't know. Uh, hopeful the Dalinar is being regarding Sadis's honor. I do, uh, excuse me, at the moment believe that Sadius is not involved in any foul play. Um, but Yet. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I do think that he's not, he doesn't exactly have the best methods. I mean, duh, considering he has, you know, slaves and whatnot. <laughs> Well, but, yeah, and then, I don't know, the way that he did, there has to be a reason that Sadius is using them slaves in that way, but I'm, we've talked about it, obviously, but, um, I don't know, I just, something feels off about Sadius and the fact that they don't mention him a whole lot, but when they do, it's always negative, so it's either one of two things, he's going to prove to be right and down on him fight or something or he's just playing the game of protecting everybody. Well, we don't know. the the only negative that we <laughs> see of Sadius is from Adeline's perspective. As far as we've seen, Sadius has done nothing wrong. I mean, other than slaves. That's what I'm saying. Um, but like, he's uh, done everything within that, you know, kind of he has, hasn't done really anything to harm the king. He, he was upset with Dalinar of Gavilar's death because he felt like he uh, you know, uh, he blames Dalinar for getting drunk on the night of Gavilar's death, right? Uh, Do you think Dalinar and Sadius could have took Zed? Oh, dude, Dalinar, Sadius, and Gavilar combined, they would have actually wrecked. Uh, I know we talked about this before, but I think they definitely wrecked Zed. Okay, I, I, you know. Gavilar, I mean, Gavilar alone, you know, gave him trouble. Dalinar is an even better fighter than Gavilar, to my understanding. What if there was infinite amount of stormlight to drawing around? I don't know the extents of the power, but like to my understanding, the shard plates and shard blades use I'm sure use some form of stormlight one way or another anyways, so it could be a could be a thing where it's just null and void just yeah. down to sword play. And I mean again though, like right, that's three high level swordsmen. Like you're not I'm sorry, but you're not gonna exactly walk through them. That's and, true. and you know, who knows how long it takes for more military guards? Like you don't even—they don't even necessarily need to win, right? They can just hold them out long enough before you know an entire platoon arrives. Um, I don't know, man. For some reason, I'm putting a, like I'm putting a lot of like emphasis, like I'm putting a lot of faith in the fact that 
surge binding or uh, is like powerful, way more powerful, just because we haven't seen it. You know what I mean? Like, sure, like all these guys have the shard plate and the shard bearing, uh, the shard bearers have the swords, but like, is I just feel like they're not introducing surge binding because if they did right away, I feel like you'd have a tough time beating it later because it is better than having a shard blade in, in armor. Mm-hmm. May, maybe. I, but I'm just I don't saying. know. I feel... Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it's, it has been introduced. I don't necessarily think it's a power like scaling issue. I just... Um, we, we can... Yeah. I don't, I don't think we'd be able to like accurately make an assessment right now. But anyways, um, he sets Tishav, one of his spies, I think, uh, on another mission, this time to investigate High Prince Aladar, which I don't know if you ever watched the movie The Dinosaur, or not The Dinosaur, just Dinosaur from Disney. Mm-hmm. Aladar. Did you? No, I've never seen it, but I was disagreeing. Like, oh, it's, it's, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's it actually aged pretty well. Um, I'm surprised you actually haven't seen it. It's uh, I liked it a lot growing up. I watched it over and over again. Uh-huh, I've never seen it. But yeah, Aladar is the name of the main character. So I kind of like did a little, I don't know, uh, dweeb dance when I was sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, it's Aladar. <laughs> um, but anyways, later, Adeline is talking to Kadash, who is Kadash Tadash, uh, who is a priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an ardent i'm just gonna call him priest about and he's talking to him about his father's vision so this is where we get some very juicy history right um and so i'm just kind of gonna shotgun this a little bit facts are gonna come out at different angles it's not really gonna flow at all mm-hmm. so prepare okay. yourselves um the main religion whatever the religion they have uh, warrenism i think they it's called they have this thing called the calling, which is basically like a career of theirs. Um, which that's I think, the way I took it. Yeah, it was, uh, and it doesn't. It seems higher than you know, a little higher level than just oh, I graduated high school and I like working with cars, so I'm going to be a mechanic. It seems like it's something more spiritual and inspired within them. That's like uh, I need to be I don't know a blacksmith <coughs> or something. Right. Their divine so, duty. Yeah. It sees a little bit deeper than just, I want to work with kids, so I'm going to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> uh, and later he promises... Okay, actually, let me go through the Vorn religion first. Some ardents are assigned to certain people... Um, to, like, further them along on their path. Yeah. Which... I, I don't know. So, okay, we'll get to the history in a second because there's a lot I want to talk about, but I don't know which order I want to talk about it in. So these people believe to be assigned by the Almighty to guard people. And they're also, and then in exchange, the people that they're assigned to are also have a duty to watch over the artists to make sure they don't rise above their station, which leads into the actual history of it all. Um, he says okay so this there's the kadash talks about this war that hierocracy it was called the war of loss and right. in this the church tried to uh, seize control and the church back then had become like almost an intermediary between the followers and and their god their almighty mm-hmm. uh, which there's uh and i don't mean again to uh, this is purely for historical purposes. I'm not trying to put down English religion or anything like that, but this is very similar to, you know, um, what is it? Not, not medieval era, like Renaissance era Catholicism, when the church had become increasingly corrupt um, and not exactly following the religion in exchange for, you know, hey, you give me 50 bucks, I'll pardon you. <laughs> um, because, you know, they become an intermediary between their followers and the God. Uh, right. So. Anyways, the church had claimed that normal people couldn't understand their religion and the Almighty. They had started seeing visions, um, and this is something that even the heralds themselves had denounced. Um, so, this world is just so big, and there's so going on. I need to see more details. Lore. Interlocking, yeah, interlocking 
between the heralds and the ardens and the priests and the religion because there's the heralds which is like the knights. it seems like there's at first i thought heralds templar yeah, yeah yeah so yeah actually um so the heralds there was 10 right those are like the 10 main soldiers that seemed like they were reincarnated every single time they died and they just keep fighting for eternity. Right. And then there's the radiance, which I think are like underneath them. And like, there's a lot more of them. So I don't know if there's like that. Heralds are kind of like the generals and then the radiance would be the fighters underneath the. Oh, heralds. I th- kind of thought there was two different things. Really? Hey, they uh, may be, honestly, you, you could be right, but I'm just throwing that out there because I, well, they could be the same. Yeah, maybe if you were, maybe once um, a Radiant or a Herald fought long enough and they're like, you know what, now it's time for me to retire, one of the Radiants would ascend to Heralds, I think. Right. Maybe um, it's just like, maybe it was their, like, um, apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Kadash continues to explain that um, he finally says that when the war ended, they were interrogated by the Sunmaker, which we still don't really know what that is. Um, and they found that the priests had lied about the visions from the very get-go. Right. And it was all just an effort to control people. But that's what the history says. I don't know if I believe that part. That part seems like a massive 180 that I'm not buying. That seems like one of those situations where, the, you know, the victor writes... History, right? Like whoever wins. Right. So this yeah. time the bad guy won and they rewrote the not history even necessarily. that. I'm, I'm not even implying that the bad guy won. I'm just saying that um, the priests lost. Or sorry, the religion, the church, right? They lost. Um, and to prevent any further uprising, they just said that the priests lied about their vision. So just in case that in the future, any f- uh, future priests ever had visions, they can just... Those priests in their own minds are like, you know, these, I have no precedence to go off of. Right. Right. There's no um, backing, no footing. Exactly. And I, I must be crazy or I'm just thinking things or I'm just being, uh, you know, uh, you know, like a kid fantasizing about stuff. Right. Um, that would be a very effective way of preventing further rebellions, right? If you can just cut it off, like nip it at the bud, so to speak, where you can just... Right convince the people that any thoughts that they're having are there's no again previous precedence to it that um the, the last time priests had these kind of visions it caused a war which they lost and which they ended up getting humiliated by because they just admitted to later saying that we uh we had lied about the visions the whole time so it's it's a very and I, again i'm not saying that that's what happened but this, this seems last fishy. part, yeah, this seems extremely fishy. You went to war over trying to, con- uh, in an effort to control people, and you didn't even need to, right? You never even need mm-hmm. to lie about the visions, right? You, They were already an intermediary between the followers and gods, so they could have just made stuff up on the spot as it is. They didn't need to go as far as going to visions. So, yeah. And it, it's kind of like the Warbreaker thing, mm-hmm. where they were lying about how the God King was the God King, and yep. but really they were just talk yep i kind of want to reread warbreaker at some point not necessarily during for the podcast itself but um i feel like scholastics yeah yeah so anyways um long story short he kind of runs around in a runabout way he basically says that um kadash i mean is that the visions are just nightmares of the past and that he you should kind of let him go. Yeah, kind of not. He's trying to tiptoe around it because, you know, it's kind of his boss, essentially. Right. Um, and he doesn't want to imply that he's insane. But, you know, he's saying well, and then maybe maybe it's that. But maybe he's like, oh, shoot, he's onto the truth and I'm hiding something. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it, too. Um, it's so, not like priests hide things. It's fine. Right. Yeah. And that's never happened before. Um. So later, he promises, uh, sorry, uh, earlier in the chapter, I didn't really know how to inject it because we were already onto the legend part. Um, Dalinar has promised for Renarin that any shard plate slash shard blade he finds is his. And he finds? Compared... Isn't there only like 10 sets of everything? 
That's what I thought too, but it seems like there's more. Because I thought the shard blades and shard plates were just like owned Connected. by the heralds, like of the ten heralds. But it seems like it may be of the radiance. Yeah, and then um, maybe the heralds are the ones that had the like different armors or something. Maybe they had a different armor that they don't know about. Maybe they didn't have a different armor at all, and they were just better fighters. All that too, geez. Right. I mean, if you were to think about it, right, like, because um, Sanderson's a lot about that, where. Um, you know, one guy is a better Mistborn because he's a better better Mistborn. It's not like he has better quality medals. It's not like he has, I don't know, some ancient like Zane. From yeah, existence. yeah, yeah. Zane was a great Mistborn because he practiced a lot and he was a, just a great Mistborn. Um, but yeah, there's nothing otherwise. It's not like he has some extra power he's drawing upon. Um. So Sanderson is really good about that, where it's kind of kept like, you know, there's no plot armor, so to speak, in that sense where it's like, oh, he's just more powerful. These Knights Radiants are more powerful because, or sorry, these Heralds are more powerful because they have extra powerful God armor or something like that. It's, I don't, I don't, I will be surprised if that's the case. Uh, let's just put it, it that way. It's more like, a, oh, he's just the better. He's just better. Yeah. He, they, yeah. These 10... Knights Radiance are so much better that they became ascended as like heralds. So, um, but anyways, uh, Dalinar does compare his his own uh, relationship to Gavilar to the relationship that Adeline and Renarin have, and he talks about how he was jealous of Gavilar, whereas Renarin is like very supportive of Adeline, which makes right. me very convinced that um, Renarin's gonna die. You think so? Yeah. Just because he's such a good person? Yeah. The fact that he promised him the shard set and the fact that he says, considers how Renarin's a good little boy, I he's going to die. That is my oh, current prediction. Oh, man. Now I'm heartbroken because he seems like such a nice cat. He does. And he's soon to be a dead nice cat. Um... <laughs> So anyways, uh, Dalinar later tries to convince Elokar to withdraw from the war. Uh, you know, running a six-year war like this is draining, especially in a more medieval-type setting where you had to establish supply lines. and The resources that you expend are yeah, ridiculous. Exorbitant. I mean, and the Alethi culture seems to be more warlike as it is, uh, so they kind of have a little bit more... Uh, a morale to work with when it comes to soldiers, but still, I mean, at some point, the soldiers it does get wary on them as well. Right. It's it's more like a it's a constant. It's like it just keeps bearing down on them. Yeah. Um. So Gavilar, so Alucard doesn't really like budge on that. So eventually, he kind of pivots and says, "Okay, how about you make me the High Prince of War?" And Gavilar apparently had the idea that each high prince is in charge of something different. And this kind of gives a sense of unity. They stop disputes. Of oneness. Yeah. So one person will be in charge of the roads all throughout the kingdom. One is in charge of food and training and I don't know, like patrols. I don't know. Like just each high prince be in charge of something different. And then something that could be used throughout the entire kingdom, such as like Again, roads or mm -hmm. agriculture. Right. So that way it kind of gives, again, a sense of oneness and cooperation between the high princes and kind of unites the kingdom under one. Uh, it This is actually an extremely genius move. And obviously there's a lot of issues that need to be worked out, especially during the implementation stage. But this is, if you're going to unite a kingdom, this is it, right? Um a lot of people are very much all talk. It's like, oh, we we should do stuff to do this. You know, we should, uh, you know, for example, like this, unite. Okay, but how do you do that? And everyone's like, and that's where everyone falls apart because no one really has actually, everyone wants a nicer, better world. Right? Everyone wants a more educated populace. But then how I mean, do you do that if the culture is just like dead set Brash. on, for example, 
I can't give my kid education because I need them all to work on the farm. How do yes, you do that when the that entire too. culture is just dead set on that? You you can't. You all need right. to start. Uh, you can't just come on and like, oh, here, school. To start change. Yeah, yeah, there has to be uh, concrete ideas on how you want to change things and how, you know, solutions. You can't just come out and present a problem and say, okay, this is a solution. Okay, but how do we get to that solution? And yeah, it's is, like I'm, you have to start at the top of the pyramid, look down instead of the bottom of the pyramid and look up. Yeah, I think this uh, and reading this made me really fall in love with Gavilar. Maybe Dalinar is romanticizing him a little too much, but man, I love his brother because these ideas, these are concrete ideas. This is something tangible that you can work towards. Not right, right? Uh, again, not to get political. For example, war on drugs, right? Like, that's so vague. What does that mean? Like, does that mean when all drugs in the entire world are destroyed? Does that mean when there are no drugs available in a country or a nation or a state at all? <laughs> like, that's so vague. Uh, the objectives are vague. Right. Um, There's no clear cut unite goal. them. Okay, so uh, unite the kingdoms of Alexar. What does that mean? How, how are they? Uh, at what point do you realize you they've been united, right? And what steps will you take to ensure that? So Gavilar just seems like a very solid dude. Did he have everything right? No, he didn't. But he had certain ideas that seem plausible to implement. Uh, right. So I, I really hope we get to see more of Gavilar, maybe some flashbacks and whatnot, because this is just awesome. Right. Um, and I, and I, I, I don't think Renarin dies. Okay. I think, I think it, the, the, the loving, the one that, um, at Adolin dies. You think Adolin dies? Yes. I had to think about it for a while, but I think Adolin dies. Because the wimpy son always is the one that ends up triumphing and becoming courageous. Couldn't that be, though, that ends up being what, like, uh, almost like a plot twist kind of thing? Yeah, we got two different timelines we're talking about there, so it's either one or the other. <laughs> or what if it's both? At the same time. At the I, same I would, time. I would, I would feel so bad for Dalinar, man. Could you imagine the survivor's guilt he'd feel at that point? Yeah, he'd be like, oh, uh, my first son, yeah, he's exploded. Oh, second son, gone? Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. I'm I'm also gone. I don't think you'd live much longer after that. Yeah, that's some berserkish rage I'll come up after that. Um, <laughs> anyways, though, Elokar, um so at this point, Dalinar has, again, pivoted, saying, like, make me high prince of war. Right. And Elokar is kind of, like, paranoid. And he agrees to make him high prince of war if he can show that Dalinar can work well with others. And I'll be honest, I hate Alucar in the sense that, like, I just think he's a really stupid leader. Um, yeah, fair enough. And but this is, yeah, this was a fair enough move. I was like, okay, you know, if you're going to tell me that, you know, the princes need to work together, and do you want me to make you the, you know, the grand general? Okay, then prove to me that you can work with the, you, you know, you are talking about unity and all that stuff. Okay, so you make the first step. You prove to me that you can do it. And I'll make you the general. And as far as bad Alucard takes go, that one's actually a pretty good one. Um, I agree. I mean, I I really do like the relationship that I've seen between Aelin, Dalinar, and Renarin. I, I like I like the relationship so far. Yeah, it's not the typical toxic parents like you will do what I should. Blah, blah, blah. He right. respects his son's opinions and he understands that they just want what's best for, you know, the, the kingdom and the people that they serve and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and they, and Dalinar understands that his sons have great respect for that, for him and he, each other. And so right. he understands that he doesn't get, just let anger get a hold of him. So th this is really cool. I love this re relationship uh, as well. Um, totally, I totally agree with you. Um, but anyways, at the end of the chapter, um, Dalinar is going back to the barracks and then a high storm suddenly appears and they don't have time to get back to his, Dalinar's chamber. So they end up getting stuck at the barracks, the barracks. Mm -hmm. Um, so chapter 19, Dalinar is in a nightmare, uh, but this doesn't seem like a nightmare so much as he kind of ends up possessing someone from history. Um, oh, you think it's more of like, um, his spirit flew pat like back in the day and 
either his spirit flew back consciousness. Or, I, I think his consciousness or something like that. Yeah, went back um, to the they time do, of the radiance. What is it? Dreams are a portal into your subconscious. Help me. Uh, I might know more about this than this topic than you do, but probably. Well, think about it. Yeah, if you get, if you remember, I just shout it out later. Um, but anyways, he's fighting some monsters, and apparently, he is a man named Heb who is married to some woman with a daughter. Uh, and eventually, he's saved by the Knights Radians, and they're in the year Epoch Eight, year three thirty seven. Make of that what you will. I, I that means nothing to me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> And they're in the kingdom of Natanatan, which I know for a fact we've come across before. I just cannot remember where. Um, and one of the nice radiants says he can sign up to presumably be a nice ra- uh, to be a radiant at Urithiru. 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 That's how I thought. Okay. Nirubiru, the Anunnaki. It's fine. Yeah. And so. Later, though, something possesses Tafa, I think, which is the wife of Heb, and tells him they were once one. And then he also says, you know, unite them. And he's told to trust Sadius. And then that's when the storm ends. So so what about, and this we're talking about the one with the strange creatures, right? Yeah, those are, the, I think those are the void bringers. Uh, I mean, you've got, I mean, there's no way you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, yeah. there's no way you're wrong. I think that has to be the Voidbringers that we saw in the, what is it, the prelude? Right. But my, my problem with this is that, do you remember when they talked about the those knights that came to help at the end? Yeah. It said that one of the knights shot out of the sky like a comet. In, yeah. in In armor with runes on it. Yeah, so I'm guessing those are shard plates and shard blades. I know, but when they describe the shard plates of the other yeah, characters, like there's no with, runes. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's almost but, like they're they're devoid of stormlight, like or as if the stormlight is dormant. Or, or well, the problem is that the stormlight's in the it's in the gems on the inside. So, like the gems are on the inside, and the armor's like one color on the outside. But the way that I imagined that these heralds were were like runic, and they were glowing. And I was like, okay, so why is their armor different? And how can they use surge binding? Because how else would they fly? Or how else would they yeah, like? No, so right. like they could use surge bending and their shard plate and their shard their shard. So like Yeah, unison, right? What's like all, difference? Like why what I, I happened? Don't th- I don't think there is a difference. Right. Think I think it is all forgot. One. Yeah, I think they forgot. Okay, I just had to bring that up because I'm into that crap and you know like that's how yeah. I that's what I see when I pick. But anyways, yeah, yeah. no, I, I I agree. That was the first thing was like I I really do think that they uh, magic or knowledge was lost. Um, so anyways, chapter twenty, Kaladin fails to save. This is back in the day. Uh, he fails to save a little girl, and because he's focused on like the leg wound, and then like she dies of something else. Yes. Um, and I I don't know why, but my mind instantly snapped to like, was there? Is this like a character uh like commentary by sanderson is he trying to say that kaladin sometimes will focus on the wrong things and then lose like the forest for the trees so to speak well it's it's like the analogy like you're looking one way because you're distracted on this thing that doesn't truly matter but you think it matters because of a misunderstanding and then you understand what truly matters when you know yeah yeah when when this this. yeah yeah that's fair um, so anyways, later his dad, uh, comforts him telling him that, you know, you need to learn when to care and when to let go, which I think is probably one of the first things doctors, especially surgeons need learn to do. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough though. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wonders if that's one of the reasons that doctors just seem so distant these days, but I think that's another reason. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, chapter 21. Kaladin continues training himself as part of the bridge crew. And, but at this point he really needs antiseptic medicine. Um, so Syl tells him that Dalinar doesn't lie. And Kaladin goes on to comment that he thinks all light eyes lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at this point, Best, true. yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think this is like just racism 
for mm-hmm. him okay. as well, right? Like he's he just kind of brought broad little broad stroke light eyes like applied across the board. Right. But anyways, um Gaz tells him that Sadius has uh decreed that they will not be paying or providing food for the injured until they return to the field. Right. And this is very frustrating because if they don't get food, like how are they going to recover? They can't heal. Yeah. Right. So Kaladin asks Bridge Four to share their food with the others, at which point most just kind of like laugh at him. Yeah, Rock, they're all starving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rock gives his, uh, he gives his food to Hover, but it's mostly because he feels like Hover owes his life to Kaladin because Kaladin took his position in the, was a front and center, essentially. Um, and Rock is able to see Syl. Yes. Which, Rock's like his Kaladin's right hand man. Yeah. Which I don't know how, what, that's that's uh the safest uh relationship to have well, but why is that i don't know it just seems like he's ripe for death Ooh, rock yeah no yeah i no. think he's ripe for death for sure um but that could also be that's also seems like a very obvious death uh because he's such a nice guy yeah. like it's just disgusting because they always kill off the nice guys yeah for sure which means you die, right? Because you're a nice guy. Nah, I think you're nicer than me, but and I'm the main character. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, he Rock can see still. I still don't really know how, and I, I don't again don't really have much to go off of to make any guesses. I mean, maybe his people are more spiritually connected, so they can Attuned see or something. Yeah, I, I don't know, um, but. He volunteered, so Kaladin volunteers his crew to be the one to go get rocks, and this is just a ploy so that he can get the the antiseptic medicine from those reeds, which will ah. talk about later. Um, <laughs> so chapter, whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so chapter 22, well, actually, this is, he actually made it seem like the alchemy was with the thing that the apothecary, the pharmacy guy was doing. Apothecary? Yeah, the apothecary. I'm... <laughs> never gonna get that um that whereas Kaladin is more doing like just straight medicine like yeah he's yeah he just bed. wants it for the medicinal purposes yeah so chapter 22 Alan says the leather workers still have no conclusion about whether or not this trap was cut which again this is what's making me feel more likely that the leather workers are kind of in on it whatever that means uh because how can you still not have a conclusion? Just make a statement. Like, I don't think this was cut. Or yes, I think this was cut. It just yeah. seems Null so... Null and void. Done. <laughs> yeah, it, it just seems like they're... like kind of. And I like that you brought it up, that they just seem kind of like they're pushing it along. Yes. Uh, or as kind of like a, a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're keeping this investigation alive, essentially. Right, right. which gives them something to do. Yeah. Um. So we're going to see some ramifications for that here in the end of this chapter uh, with the investigation. But anyways, Dalinar is okay with the High Storm episodes getting out, but he wants to actually get the actual truth out and not have the rumors out there. Because as for all of us who've gone to public high school know, rumors are sometimes worse than the the actual truth. Right. Um, (laughs) So Elakar has a dinner feast, which the dinner feast is kind of like the way my mind was imagining it was kind of like, these stones floating in air and then they're what yeah i don't know I, my, my mind was kind of i was really tired when i read this chapter okay <laughs> uh but yeah, the dinner party was just it seemed more than like a basic dinner party like lavish yeah it seemed more lavish yeah let's yeah that's a perfect like harry potter floating candles oh god dude do not start me on those those hogwarts feasts always look so good. oh i know and then all the candy and everything that they'd yes. always eat on the train the, the, the oh, chicken and ah oh, and the, the the sky right there the ceiling reflecting dude, the action oh it was awesome i'm gonna get, eat after this at 10 o'clock stop it <laughs> yeah Oh man, it's already ten. Um, anyways, um, Dalinar sees Navani, who is Gavilar's widow, and Uh-oh. it's very clear that Dalinar likes her as well. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna hug at some point. 
<laughs> I don't know what that means, but oh they're gonna hug at God, some point. <laughs> that's good. That is funny. That hey, is keep really it PG. Funny. Yeah, that that's well done. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, I think people have started calling House Colon cowards, especially with like, you know the fact that Dalinar is not getting involved in any more Chasm Fiend hunts. Right. The fact that he's having like these nightmares. I mean, there, like, it seems like this world knows what PTSD is. But they haven't quite come to terms with the fact that it's not something to be ashamed of, but it should be something to be helped. But regardless, um, they just see him as weak now. And by extension, the whole house. Until he, uh, until he picks up his sword, and then they're like, uh-oh. Yeah, that's what I... The, I don't like the LFA culture, honestly. Like, they call him weak. Not even to his face, which is kind of ironic. And then... As soon as he like like you said picks up a sword and it's like very clear that he's still the greatest swordsman in the kingdom. Like Yeah. Like what's that? Like Come stop. On. Come on. Like this is like clearly a lion at the top of the mountain that's just like he doesn't feel the need to challenge everyone because he knows he's the best. I'm gonna eat you. Yeah, this is not a lion that feels the need to roar all the time to say I am the king, right? He knows I am the baddest man on the planet. That's why he's focusing on other things. He yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, good enough. Good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. That was a good analysis. Good job, Miles. Um, so Elikar appoints Sadius as High Prince of Investigation. <coughs> that sounds and like this. <laughs> this was like a massive slap in the face of Dalinar publicly because it essentially undermines Dalinar's investigation. Um, the problem that I had with this because I. Previously, I praised Alucard. Was mm-hmm. that he's he gave Dalinar the ultimatum? Like you prove to me that you can work with other high princes, and I'll make you high prince whore. But he didn't give the same like pass thought. Yeah, he didn't have the same idea with uh, Sadius. Sadius. So Sadius like, is in his pocket or something. I don't know what it is. I think Sadius is just personally. I think Sadius is just better with words. So I think he's just getting what he wants, pretty much. Yeah. Sitting himself in a nice spot, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so that's the end of Chapter 22. And then Chapter 23, Kaladin continues to get some of the Bridge 4 crew on his side. So far, no one's really come along other than Rock and... I forget the other guys' names. Heft? Teft, Teft is one of them Teft, that yes, is, ends so. up coming along with him. And, you know, it's funny because, like, like let's think about this. In all reality, like, you're, you're trying to get people that pretty much are committing, trying to commit suicide every day to, like, <laughs> laugh. And it's like, oh, this is harder than I thought. I go, yeah, no crap, Kaladin. No crap. Yeah. Yep. Um... I agree. It is definitely going to take some time, and I think Kaladin definitely has the uh, perseverance to get through it, almost definitely. I mean, uh, he's got a symbol on his head that says he's a slave, so I'd hope by this point he'd figured it out. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get more uh, grim than that. Uh, <laughs> so he's using this as a cover to get the the reeds for the antiseptic medicine. Right. And... He concludes that no one will help because of slavery mentality, which I love this point of the writing. Um, I like history and stuff like that. And what I've seen when it comes to slavery is that we see this a lot where a lot of times the people that would help catch the slaves or at least rat out slave escapes were other slaves. Right. It's a slavery mentality that, like, you know, we deserve to be here. And you messing with this is messing with the status quo. Um, this concept of slavery mentality kind of shows up a lot in history. Um, even in, like, religious stuff. Like, the story of Moses, right, where he saves that guy from the Egyptian, like, what is it? Like, the pharaoh, one of pharaoh's yeah, soldiers, right? Pharaoh. Yeah. And then... That same guy turns on him and like kind of rats him out. It's like, dude, he just saved your life, and you just kind of turn on and rat him out. Um, and I know Sanderson's like very attached to like religion stuff heavily. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so that's the only reason I bring in that story. So I wonder if that kind of played as part of like an inspiration for him. But, um, anyways, 
uh, Thalena, which is a group or kingdom. I don't know exactly. It's, I, I'm guessing it's some kingdom. Has supposedly five shard blades themselves, but none in Unkalaki, which is, I guess, a province within Thalena. So wait, they have five shard blades, but they all the high princes have one, don't they? None all so Cassadius doesn't. Wait, say so his plate armor though, doesn't he? He has shard yeah, he has uh shard plate, but he does not have shard blade. Wait, what? So what does he fight a shard shard bearer with? He probably a sword? Has a sword, yeah. Are but, you kid are you are you kidding me? But to my understanding, he doesn't necessarily fight all the time either because he doesn't want to end up dying and then having his people lose a shard uh, plate. Oh, uh, what a dumb person to give it to. Who, Sadius? Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know because um, to my understanding, Sadius is a pretty good swordsman. So, like, if he can beat someone in combat that has a shard blade, now he has both blade and plate. Right. We'll just roll with that for now. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, the Unkalaki people, which is where Rock is from, don't have um, a shard blade or plate. And prophecy for them says one who gets it, who gets a blade, becomes king. Um, and he, if so, as far as their class of people goes, the New Otoma is their version of the Light Eyes. They don't, he says they're Light Eyes, but they don't have Light Eyes, at which point Teft is like, Okay, that makes no sense. But to us, because that's from his perspective, right? right? To him, the royal class, the caste system revolves around dark or light eyes. Right. For us, we understand that what he's trying to say is that we have a caste system of our own. It's just not centered around the color of, your of our eyes. eyes. Yes. Um, You're worth almost. Yeah. So Kaladin tells him that if he had won, he wouldn't have been granted the shard plate anyways. And he's referring to the story about rocks, um, I guess... Bright Lord, essentially, his yeah. version of a Bright Lord challenged Sadius and he died. So Sadius, so all of um, Rock's Bright Lord's people becomes a property of Sadius, which in turn made Rock a like, bridge member. Um, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you um, can you not do that? Can you not go challenge him? No. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So Kaladin tells a bit about his story that how he murdered someone and but then he rejected a gift, which is why he's here. And he's talked about this before, where it was like the lack of killing somebody and killing. I, I need more like concrete, like stop, just please. I just need answers. Um, I know. And <clears throat> he's going to dribble it along. Yeah. What do you think it is? Like, I understand that he was probably told to kill a prisoner or something like that, and he refused. So, yeah, I think maybe it's maybe it's to kill a kid. Maybe, maybe it's to kill a slave as well. I don't know, but it seems like I don't know. Maybe he challenged Sadius. What do you think? I think he challenged Sadius, or he challenged Lord uh, uh, Amaram, which is one of Sadius's generals, and then he beat him. And what he thought he I thought he liked Amaram's army. He may like the Amram's army, but he doesn't like Amram himself. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, man, I, I just, I, I, I know this is gonna like at some point it's gonna turn because we always get the Sanderlanch, and we're gonna get like a g ginormous info dump, and it's just gonna be amazing. But like right now, all I can think about is like, when do we get to see? A high, a high, like when do we get to see Dalinar interact with Kaladin? That's gonna happen. It's going to. Yeah, they're right next to each other, you know. And so, like, I agree with you. I definitely think it's gonna happen at one point here soon. I really feel it because, my God, I was uh, confident the best because, like, dude, just get into a fight or something like that, and then Kaladin comes in and saves the day or something, and he's like, "Hey, who right. are you? I'm Kaladin." Uh, or like, or like Dalinar, or and his sons are like about to die, and Kaladin comes in and like saves the day. Something. Yeah. Um, Excited. So, there was a couple things that I wanted to touch up on. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, I think in chapter, I think this is eighteen. 
Um, so I'm just going to read the paragraph. Alan just mm -hmm. wished he wouldn't make the same requirements of everyone else. Individually, the codes were only a minor inconveniences. Always be in uniform when in public, never be drunken, avoid dueling. In aggregate, however, they were burdensome. And the point I was trying to make here is that the hard part is not sacrificing, right? You in religion, especially, you tell someone, okay, for what just once in your life, sacrifice five hundred dollars. It's like for most people, that's not the end of the world. But if you tell them five hundred dollars every year, that's when it gets hard. Right. Absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't it? Yeah. So that's that's the hard part with religion, and I really did think that Sanderson got that one. He nailed that one on the head. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's always tough to give stuff up. It, it's always tough to give what you got. You know, nobody yeah. just does it for free. They always think there's something behind it. Um, so. Another thing that maybe goes against what I was my praise for uh, Gavla earlier. Uh, uh, again, quoting here, this is what Gavilar first saw, Dalinar thought. This is why he grew so insistent that we follow the codes. This feels to me like an older per a person who kind of lived his life at a carefree, and then he suddenly saw something, a king close to death, and it kind of gave him a religious awakening, and then he became like very religious, right? And kind of expects everyone else to follow along, and like, right. oh, the best way is the old way, maybe of being a little always. I disagree with that. I do not think the best way. Is well, that was a that was a joke. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, eh, eh. <laughs> um, yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, dude, if you think about it, not everybody's gonna. Another time, another time, my friend. Another time. Yeah. That's so, good. I mean, my yeah. another thing too, I want to bring up is. What is going to be the reaction if Dalinar's, let's say, dreams are actually correct? So like, is Aideling going to be very, like, I'm sorry, Father, like, I should have trusted you? Or is he going to flip the script and he's, is he going to be like, you're still a crazy old man and then not see the truth? That's what I'm interested to see if happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a rude awakening to everyone else, right? Very rude. Yeah. We're not rude people. Yeah. Well, maybe sometimes. Um, so there was another moment. Um, did all begun heating a knife? Good. Cal took the knife, burning it into the wound, see, releasing the sharp, pungent smell of scorched flesh. A cool wind blew across them, carrying it away. This is when I think he's healing somebody. Um, th this is just maybe just me reaching here, but the cool wind blew across, carrying the bad smell away. That that cool wind came in at a very convenient time. Convenient I, time. I wonder if this is like just a divine being, kind of easing Kaladin's burden, like kind of like still giving him a little energy or something. Not necessarily energy, but kind of like. All right, I feel bad for you. So, here, like, hey, I see you're doing good. Let me help you. Yeah, exactly. But wouldn't that be like against like probably what she sh like whatever the person or the entity should do? Yeah, but I don't know if that matters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, consider like, hey, like, you know what? Like, sometimes I think like. Even things that are higher divinity, if we speak of, you know, relatively speaking of, like, people believing in things, they have to want to help. Like, if, if you're a higher divine being, like, you think, I'm compassionate and I have empathy. Like, I want to help, but I can't by law. But you know what? I'm going to help. Just, I think about weird stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, last thing, and this is back uh, during... Actually, no, that is for later. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, no, that, that one is for later, and I actually can't wait to go over that one. But anyways, next time we will be covering chapters, what is it, 24 to the mm -hmm. all of the interludes, interludes one through six. 
Um, and then by then we'll be done with part two. Very, very excited for that. Um, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna get a Sander Lanch going till. Yeah, that's true. We're five still, or six chapters before the end of the book. I, I know don't even I'm know how impatient. far we're at. Yeah, yeah, I'm not being. But, yeah, that's fine. Um, but, anyways, until I say, so yeah, we'll be covering those chapters, chapter twenty four through the interludes one, uh, one dash six. Um. Yeah. Uh. Until next time. Thank you, everyone. Yes, sir.